we got a full tank of gas and we're plowing forward. Welcome into y'all, the show all about the Southland. I'm John Rawl, your host, and on this Tuesday edition, we have got a chock full show for you as we'll be going through the headlines across the South here in just a jiffy. And then we'll move over to political, what's going on in the South, politically speaking. Before we get out of here this hour, we actually have some audio of Congressman O'Rourke and Senator Cruz from Texas and the debate they held over the past weekend. And it was a little heated debate that went on in the Lone Star State at on the campus of SMU. We'll have that coming up later this hour. Plus, we'll give you an update on what's going on in Tennessee as President Trump looks to come to East Tennessee in a few days to help Marsha Blackburn's effort to become the next U.S. Senator in the Volunteer State. We'll have info on that and a report on the Southern political state entering the November election. In Hour 2, we'll have our sports headlines from across the Southeast where we focus on what we call the sports land. Yep, what's going on in the South that may be not uh, covered as well Perhaps it's the small college aspects. We've got a conclusion of a FCS game this past weekend that was wacky, and it goes back to a rule change that's happened in the offseason of college football and how that rule change affected the win here. And a team won that probably would not have won if not for a goof-up caused by the rule change on the kickoff. So we'll have that in Hour 2. Plus, we will bring on from a show on the INSP channel, Mary Beth McClellan. She's producer of State Plate, which is a show hosted by Taylor Hicks. You might remember Taylor Hicks on American Idol maybe 10 years ago when he won season five of American Idol. He's a native of Birmingham and just a a sultry singer. Well, he hosts this show that goes around the country to different states, and they focus on the different selections from within a state. And this week, they started their third season of State Plate on INSP, and Mary Beth's going to come on and tell us about the states in the South that are featured in this third season. Those states include South Carolina, which is being featured this week, actually, alongside Hawaii in this debut week. Also, they did uh, features coming up soon on Virginia, as well as West Virginia, Tennessee, and Arkansas. It's State Plate. It's on INSP. And Mary Beth McClellan will be our very special guest in hour two. We're going to do that this week. We'll put our culinary hat on mary beth and the barrister of bodacious barbecue who's normally our guest on tuesdays we're going to give him the week off a much deserved break hey his texas tech red raiders won at oklahoma state this past weekend so as a reward for a really big upset in stillwater we're giving matt hermans the week off that's not really the reason we're giving him the week off but frankly i got this call out of nowhere about this show state plate entering its third season and it's a tennessee-based show state plate with a alabama-based host in taylor hicks and they go all over the country and they really do a great job of spotlighting southern states in addition to the other states in the country that have cuisine worth checking out so we'll have all that in hour two with mary beth and i know you'll be okay getting by this week without Mr. Hermans, but he will be queued up and coming at you next week on the Y'all Show. And that pun was intentional. He's queued up since he's the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. And of course, tomorrow, tune in on the Y'all Show. We'll be back talking country music with Precious Harris, and we'll take a look at the ACC on Wednesdays, y'all. So that will be a lot of fun. But that's tomorrow. Let's get to today first, okay? Well, of course, the big story nationally is what's going on with the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh to the U.S. Supreme Court. 
Well, it looks like Thursday, Kavanaugh and his accuser, who has said that he did some stuff to her back when they were teenagers, are both going to appear in a Senate hearing on Capitol Hill Thursday. Well, a Democratic House candidate in Georgia, Lucy McBath, is calling for a full investigation into the sexual misconduct allegations against Kavanaugh, and she slams her opponent, Republican Representative Karen Handel, who initially praised Kavanaugh. Remember, Handel won that special election in 2017 in Georgia, a very heated race just north of Atlanta, when the former congressman left there to become uh, Tom Price, left to become a member of Trump's cabinet. That opened up a seat, and Handel won the special election, which some people thought she may not win it, but she won it. And now she's got a Democratic candidate going against her in Lucy McBath. McBath's calling her out on the Kavanaugh hearing. McBath told the Associated Press the accusations against Kavanaugh must be thoroughly investigated and that Handel has stood by Kavanaugh and refused to speak out on any of these accusations. Back in July, Handel referred to Kavanaugh in tweets as, quote, inspiring and, quote, outstanding. Handel's office did not respond to a request for comment Monday. Now, this is in Georgia, and I'm sure this is playing out everywhere There's where there's a competitive race in the Southland where Democratic candidates are wanting the Republican person to maybe call out the Kavanaugh nomination. And I think a lot remains to be seen on what's going on here. And and I, I think Republicans are going to be okay on this come Thursday. But, hey, we've seen where Avenatti, the Stormy Daniels lawyer, he's been in the news saying he's got some stuff he wants to share that could be damaging to Kavanaugh's bid to become a U.S. Supreme Court justice. So, But there's a lot can happen between now and Thursday within the next 48 hours when Kavanaugh and the accuser show up on Capitol Hill. But right now in Georgia, at least, some some fisticuffs going on between political candidates over the Kavanaugh nomination, and I'm sure that's playing out beyond North uh, Georgia as well. Moving on to more news across the South, and South Carolina is getting hammered still by Hurricane Florence. Now, that thing came through 10 days ago, initially hitting the North Carolina coast, but floodwaters from that continue to be a major problem in South Carolina and authorities have now urged up to 8,000 people in Georgetown County, South Carolina, to be prepared to flee from potential flood zones. A record event of up to 10 feet of flooding was expected to begin today near parts of the PD and Waccamaw Rivers, according to the county spokesperson there in Georgetown. In fact, Georgetown, which has the second largest and busiest port in South Carolina, a lot of ships go into Georgetown, beautiful riverfront there, got a great harbor, and right on the Winya Bay, they're expecting on the waterfront in Georgetown flood levels that they have not seen since recording started, and that was before the American Revolution, more than 240 years ago, something like that now. And this could be epic and not in a good way. In fact, downtown Georgetown just a few years ago had a massive fire go through that special part of their historic district and now record flooding that they haven't seen since the founding of America potentially could happen there in Georgetown. Georgetown sits at the confluence of the Black River, the Great Petey River, the Waccamaw River, and the Sandpit River. So four rivers come in together, and they form the Winya Bay, as we said, and that goes out to the nearby Atlantic Ocean. But a beautiful harbor there, and all that rain coming from some of these rivers go up into North Carolina. That's the reason you're seeing major problems in Georgetown County, South Carolina, and surrounding areas as Florence continues to soak up headlines in not a very good way. 
A headline coming out of Dallas on Monday as the Dallas Police Department has fired Officer Amber Geiger. And this follows just a few days ago when she shot a 26-year-old man inside his own apartment on September 6th. Court records show Geiger said she thought she had encountered a burglar inside her own home. And on Monday, the police chief of Dallas fired her. She had a preliminary charge of manslaughter days after the shooting, and she's out on bond. But this former Dallas police officer, Amber Geiger, now fired from the police force there in Texas. A 17-year-old cross-country runner in North Carolina has died one day after she collapsed at a meet in the state. Samantha Davis was a senior at Union Pines High School in Cameron, North Carolina, and was a member of the school's marching band as well. And she collapsed, and unfortunately, she died later at Novant Presbyterian Medical Center. And we mentioned not long ago some deaths of high schoolers playing football in Mississippi. Now in North Carolina, a young lady who was a cross-country runner dies at her sport. A GoFundMe fund has been created to help the family with expenses, and the fundraiser has surpassed its goal of $2,000, raising more than $13,000. And the hashtag Samantha Strong is a phenomenon going on right now on social media to help out the family of Samantha Davis, 17-year-old cross-country runner in North Carolina, dying, doing something she loved. In Selma, Alabama, they've had a lot of unrest in the last few days. A police officer was wounded in an ambush early Sunday and now is recovering. But the mayor of Selma, Alabama, Dario Melton, said the shooting is a latest example of why police need better equipment, including more protective vests. In fact, just a few months ago, there was another shooting at police officers in Selma that luckily no one got injured there. And on Sunday, there were two people that were killed in Dallas County, Alabama. And so Selma and all this having a bad time in 2018 with crime going on in this historic town, of course, known for the bridge there and the civil rights struggle. Also, a Civil War battle held in Selma, Alabama in the closing days of the Civil War. But yes, they're having a tough time in Selma, and hopefully police force there and the mayor can get it under control. But right now they've got a shortage of officers and the city is needing help as well. Starting pay, by the way, if you're a police officer in Selma, Alabama, is $32,000 a year. So bad enough they're getting shot at, but also they're putting their lives on the line. And I don't know how 32000 stacks up across the entire South, but I assume some departments out there make a considerable amount more than thirty-two k a year. Farmers in Arkansas are ready for Mother Nature to play ball. And play ball, in that case, means getting the heck out of the way so they can do what they like to do, which is farm. As rain has soaked the natural state, and it's causing farmers to sit back and and wait while their fields are soaked. And now they're worried that these rainfall is going to really hurt their wallets as it takes not only after the rain happens, several days of sunshine have to come out and wind is needed to dry the moisture and there's a minimum of moisture level that the grain can have before the farmers start to harvest. Of course, Arkansas, like most of the South, has plenty of cotton that is grown in the state, but they also have soybeans and other crops, including rice is a product grown in the state of Arkansas. But lots of rain. I won't blame Florence for what's happened in Arkansas, but yes, the Mid-South, certainly a lot of farming has been kind of suspended with rainfall going all over and that's not just an arkansas problem i know tennessee even mississippi has had lots of rainfall in the last couple of days 
and it's cotton harvesting time in some places. And I saw just the other day my first glance at a white cotton field. And if it's a lot of rain out there, there's no way those farmers can go out there and harvest that cotton. So you hopefully you'll see it dry and, and not damage the crops and everybody will make lots of money and all will be well. But we just need a little sunshine here and then we can get some more rain not too far down the road. But right now, let's let it clear out across Dixie and let our farmers go out and do their duty and, and make money and all will be well in the Southland, in the land of cotton and soybeans and rice and everything else grown in the South. North Georgia's got a pretty neat idea. You can go to six drive through flu shot clinics in North Georgia. They just opened today, and they will be open until October 9th. And if you're 18 years of older, you'll be allowed to receive the flu shot. And there's no additional charge for those with Medicare, Medicaid, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, United Healthcare, Humana, or other health insurance options. And if you don't have insurance, you'll pay $25 for the 4-in-1 flu shot, and that is a great deal. Locations for the drive through flu shot in North Georgia include Cherokee, Pickens, Fannin, Whitfield, Gilmer, and Murray Counties in North Georgia. That's Dalton, that's Chatsworth, that's Blue Ridge, Georgia, and other places. And, and Woodstock, of course, also is a, a town in Cherokee, Georgia, Cherokee County, Georgia. So a good idea, the drive through flu shot clinic. Uh, if you're too lazy to get up and get your shot, then they're making it easy in North Georgia, and maybe that idea will catch on across Dixie. And I love drive throughs and now we've got a new kind of drive through You can go get, your, go get your flu shot. Hey, don't you know that Louisiana and Mississippi need to be joined at the hip even more? Well, remember there was an old Conway Twitty Loretta song called Louisiana Woman, Mississippi Man? Well, in the spirit of Conway and Loretta, there's the Mississippi River Bridge that stretches from Natchez, Mississippi to Vidalia, Louisiana. And it's been closed because they've been doing a bunch of renovations on the bridge that connects the two states. Well, good news, after spending $26.8 million to replace pens that the 77-year-old westbound bridge in the Mississippi side, at least, has now been repaired and U.S. 84 stretching across from Mississippi to to Louisiana there at Natchez. That bridge is now open, and it's open ahead of schedule. And that's great news for people that live in that part of Louisiana and Mississippi. In fact, Natchez is up on a bluff, and when you get on that bridge crossing the mighty Mississippi and you look over to Louisiana and you see Vidalia, it is flat, flat, flat. That is basically the delta of Louisiana, and it is a beautiful sight. It feels like you're flying almost in an airplane. You're so high up on the bridge, and then that area down below you is so flat. Lots of farmland. They also probably have been seeing too much rain in, in north Louisiana, northeast Louisiana, to be specific where that is. But, yeah, it is a, a lovely place and a historic town. Vidalia, Louisiana, home of one Mickey Gilly, although he was born in Natchez. His hometown is Vidalia, in case you're wondering. But, yeah, that bridge now making it easier as before the highway was down to one lane, I think, and now it should be back up and running like uh, like most people want it to be running and stretching across that mile-wide stretch over the, the Old Man River. Hey, this is a kind of disturbing story coming from the, uh, the old Commonwealth of Virginia as Virginia has now banned visitors from wearing tampons 
fearing concerns of contraband. So if you're a female and you go to a Virginia prison, you can't be wearing a tampon because, believe it or not, and I've seen people get in behind this story and, and, and explain why, there is a long list of things men and women both do to get contraband into a prison. And oftentimes it means sticking something up where the sun don't shine. And that could be for a guy or a girl. And so Virginia is being proactive here. And they've got this new policy at this prison at Nottaway Correctional Institute in Virginia where they're banning women visiting inmates from wearing tampons or menstrual cups. So keep that in mind when you go visit your loved one or your fourth cousin once removed at the Nottaway Correctional Institute in Virginia. Do not have a tampon or menstrual cup on. And that goes for you too, guys. Okay? But that actually kind of makes sense. As I said, those folks going into prison, we know they sneak in drugs and other things. Like, I guess, shanks could be snuck in in uh, body, body parts. And so they're doing the right thing there. Even though this is Virginia we're talking about, and not Mayberry, North Carolina, but in the, in the spirit of Mayberry, as Barney would say, they're nipping it in the bud in VA. And another law enforcement-related story, if you live in South Carolina or you've ever passed through South Carolina, there's a chance you might have heard of Trooper Bob. He's a man in the South Carolina Highway Patrol, and he just announced this week he is retiring from the South Carolina State Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Barris says he's going to retire after 24 years on patrol, and his last day on patrol will be November 30th. He is South Carolina High Patrol's chief spokesman, and if you've been in South Carolina or live in South Carolina, you've probably seen him in all kind of commercials and kind of a popular guy. He's got a very popular Twitter account that a lot of people follow. He's six foot five, and it's hard to miss him. And his larger-than-life presence at media events is part of the reason he became kind of a popular guy, even though he was a guy that a lot of people are scared of highway patrolmen because, well, they can stop you for speeding. He has announced his retirement, so I don't know who they're going to get to replace Trooper Bob in South Carolina, but I've seen that name and seen his work for a long time, and sure enough, he is retiring and will move on to maybe bigger and better things, but the Department of Public Safety in South Carolina is going to miss a good one when Bob Barris retires later this year. We've got more headlines from across the South coming up, so stay where you are. We will continue what's going on in the South after this break. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. 
The Y'all Show. Welcome back to the show All About the South with your host, John Rawl. Our phone number here, if you want to dial us up anytime via text or just the old traditional phone call, is 803-816-1170. We'd love to hear from you. If you've got a question, comment, suggestion, a recipe you want to share, an idea, we welcome it here on the show, 803-816-1170. We've got some political stuff to get to you in just a moment, but up first, we continue our headlines from around the region, and right now, nothing to put too much of a scare in anyone, just kind of letting you know what's going on in the tropics, and right now, forecasters are looking at four systems in the Atlantic Ocean I don't think any of them are going to be a severe threat to the south, but just giving you a little bit of a heads up as there are four systems brewing in the Atlantic right now, two of which have been named Leslie and Kirk. Now, we mentioned on Monday's show, Kirk has the potential to maybe get into the Caribbean south of the Dominican Republic and maybe keep brewing westward and and create a problem in the Gulf of Mexico. But luckily, right now, it appears that Kirk has dissipated to some degree, and that may not materialize. So still a lot to be determined with these four storms, four systems, I guess more than storms at this point. But right now, forecasters are looking at four possibilities in the Atlantic, and we hope they all, just like Kirk, kind of dissipate and and disappear (laughs) as well. Parts of Louisiana's state capital in Baton Rouge are kind of scary. And right now, the state's planning to build a covered walkway on the front steps of the Capitol by the end of the year because there's still concerns that bits of the building might actually fall off and hit somebody, causing damage. And the state wants to fully restore the entire state Capitol building, but it's going to cost Louisiana taxpayers $80 million, and the funding is going to need to be approved by state lawmakers. The front door to the Louisiana Capitol has been closed for almost three years because of worries that mortar would fall from the Art Deco building onto people using it. The covered walkway will allow people to start using the front entrance of the building again without the fear of being hit by a piece of mortar. So right there, if you've ever been scared of government and and trying to make a difference, well, now Louisiana is giving their citizens an excuse. Hey, I wanted to go up there and raise holy heck about your new bill or legislation you were looking to pass but i didn't want to get hurt so i didn't go to baton rouge and i didn't go on capitol hill and and, and give you grief there louisiana legislators governor edwards there john bell edwards you you need to help your your folks out and can't they come up with a little cheaper solution to keep people from getting hurt i mean 80 million dollars that's that's a lot of money in louisiana hey let's go to some sec talk okay All right, well, we know Alabama is number one, right? And LSU is right behind them. We're going to talk Alabama and LSU right now. But this ain't football we're going to be talking about. Alabama is number one, but it's because Lockheed Martin CEO and University of Alabama alumni Marilyn Hewson has been named the most powerful woman in business, according to Fortune magazine. And they have this referendum of the state of women in business, And this native of Kansas is leading a cadre of women at the helm of the defense contractors, and she becomes the new number one. Lockheed Martin CEO Marilyn Hewson, president of that company, she's 64 years old, and she took over that role in 2013, and the company's market cap has since doubled since she took over 
Lockheed Martin. So that is great news. The number one businesswoman, according to Fortune Magazine, is an Alabama grad, Marilyn Houston. Now, LSU is not happy about that. And although they didn't get the number one, this is quite a feat for a 27-year-old native of Lafayette, Louisiana, and an alumnus of Louisiana State University. And that's because Christian singer Lauren Daigle is bigger than Drake and Ariana Grande this week as this Christian singer's brand new album debuted at number three on the Billboard charts, and that's ahead of major rappers and pop stars. Now, Paul McCartney is on the top spot of the Billboard 200 this week with his new album, Egypt Station, and it sold tons of stuff. And Eminem's Kamikaze is number two, but number three is Lauren Daigle. She sold 115,000 units, 103,000 of which are traditional album sales. And the album she's got out is called Look Up Childs, and it just is doing gangbusters on the record sales chart. So good news for her. She's won several Dove Awards already. She's been on the Today Show. Her new single with the album using the same name, Look Up Child, is a great selection. And she is setting records for Christian music right now. And keep an eye out on this talented Southerner, Lauren Daigle. Well, it's been a while here on the Y'all Show since we've had our dumb D-U-M-M category. And I can't totally pull out my dumb card and give it to these two people because, first of all, I don't know how this has not happened. They have not been charged for anything, and they haven't been fired either. So we got to give them the benefit of the doubt. However, the state auditor in the state of Mississippi is demanding that two former community college employees there repay nearly $1 million to the state of Mississippi, And that's because, according to State Auditor Shad White, that Gwendolyn Jefferson and Stacy Neal, who had jobs working in the bill department at Cahoma Community College in Clarksdale, Mississippi, that's in the Mississippi Delta in North Mississippi, investigators from White's office found what they believe are false documents which hid improper purchases, many of which were made online by Jefferson and Neal. Now, they, as we said, have not been arrested and haven't been charged. And White said he did not know whether either is represented by an attorney. And investigators and journalists in Mississippi have reached out to them, and they haven't got back to the charge. Now, here's some of the items they are accused of purchasing between 2013 and 2017. Shoes, watches, and a chandelier. Now, who goes online and purchases a chandelier. And who does that with the state credit card, which I guess that's what they were using there at Coloma Community College in Clarksdale. As I said, these two are, according to Auditor Shad White, guilty of of basically ripping off the state for about a million dollars in private purchases. And first off, that's terrible. I can't believe they got away with it. But do they not have bosses at Cahoma Community College that go through the budget and look for expenditures like this, some improprieties. I mean, g- give me a break. I mean, I, they should have been caught a long time ago. But luckily, White's office in Jackson has found the hiccup and in looking into it, and perhaps charges may come 
Right now, he wants the state to be reimbursed regardless, and whether charges happen or not, not really sure what's going to happen. White said the auditor's office began looking into the matter in September of 2017 after receiving a tip from Cahoma Community College about possible misspending. He says the college was very helpful, and he's looking to kind of wrap this thing up. He became auditor in July of this year after his predecessor, Stacy Pickering, took a job in Jackson leading the State Veterans Affairs Board in the Magnolia State. So, yes, we have an honorary D-U-M-M category right now since they have not been charged with anything, but I don't think it would be too hard to, to connect the dots and see what's going on there in Mississippi. Now, if you live in an area where Publix Grocery Stores is located, this was news to me, and kudos to Publix for getting away with it for so long, and uh, being a guy who's had some time under the military influence, I frankly love a nice shaven man and a nice groomed person, a man specifically, looking like a, a, a you know soldier in our military or sailor or airman. I love the military look. It's great. I kind of sort of have it now. My hair may be slightly too long, but I would pass in the old days, I guess, maybe Civil War era <laughs> with my hair cut. But I don't have a beard right now. But I've had a beard. When I grow a beard, my beard is actually red, even though I have kind of brownish, blondish hair. My my beard is kind of red. Do you know anybody like that? Perhaps perhaps you have a beard like that. Now, hopefully you're not a female listening to us and you have that same problem. But Publix, which is the Florida-based massive grocery store chain, they are now telling their baggers, the folks working there in the, in the grocery store, and the cashiers and the stockers of their chain, well, that they can grow out beards and other facial hair at the end of this month. And that is a new rule within Publix. The statement comes from the spokesperson, Dwayne Stevens. He said the policy will allow male associates to grow facial hair provided they keep, quote, a neat, clean, and professional appearance, and that the company has been testing the facial hair change in different markets, and the new standard will be applied company-wide, starting September 29th. And previously, the Lakeland, Florida-based company only allowed conservative-style mustaches. They've got 1,200 stores in seven states, and Publix employs 190,000 workers, a company that's 88 years old now, Publix. So you can work there if you got a little bit more than a well-groomed mustache, which I think those kind of creep me out. Are you creeped out by mustaches? Yeah, I am. I've never... I never look good with a mustache. Goatee, maybe. And and I guess now the new public policy will allow goatees. I got a feeling part of the reason they're making this change is because it's probably uh, kept them from getting good employees, employees that love their facial hair. And because they can't have it at Publix, they may have just moved on and worked at a place like Food Lion or Bilo. I'm trying to think about when Dixie is a big force in that part of the South, I think. Yeah, Publix, changing things up. And while we're on the subject of personal appearance, you know, this public store reminds me of the policy that the New York Yankees baseball team has. Are you familiar that they do not allow beards? They have to have well-groomed hair for the New York Yankees? Yes, they do. That's why the Yankees always look really sharp. And I didn't know this, but one of Major League Baseball's famous stars in the last five years is Andrew McCutcheon. Now, he got his fame playing for the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
he had dreadlocks, and he was a very good player. Well, last year, or actually it was the start of this season, he was traded from the Pirates to the San Francisco Giants, and he played for the Giants up until Labor Day weekend of this year, and he was traded from the Giants to the Bronx Bombers. And so as a result of that, he had a beard at that point. He'd kind of gotten rid of his dreadlocks. He, he really doesn't look like the same when he was doing really well with the Pirates. He needs that dreadlock, I guess, to do better. But now Andrew McCutcheon has a really fresh, clean face and nice groomed hair. Looks like he just got out of boot camp, and it's hard to recognize him. He looks like a he looks like a totally different person for the New York Yankees. But yes, he is now a New York Yankee in their quest to maybe make the postseason. We'll have more on sports later. But yes, the Boston Red Sox, of course, have dominated the AL East this year. So. They're hoping at best to get a wild card berth, and they may be able to do that. I haven't glanced at the standings. This was the final week, by the way, of Major League Baseball's regular season this week, and the wild card and playoffs start in just a few days. And that's what's going on in the South with uh, haircuts and more. We got it all on the Y'all Show. Well, we want to talk about Southern politics, and we'll do that next. President Trump's in the news regarding the South. Vice President Pence is planning a trip south. And we also were going to tell you about the Texas debate that happened last week between Ted Cruz and Congressman O'Rourke from El Paso. They had their first debate, and it was a big deal in Dallas. And we've got some audio from that that you don't want to miss. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. And welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. John Rawl here, and we've got plenty of sports news coming at the top of the next hour. And we'll move over later in hour two to talk to Mary Beth McClellan of the TV show State Plate. That's on the INSP channel. You can find that on DirecTV as well as all the other satellite channels. And, of course, you may be able to get it on your local cable provider the former Inspiration Channel, but now doing a variety of TV shows. Taylor Hicks is the host of State Plate, and they started their third season this week, 
and they go around the country exploring food from each state and they've got five southern states showing up in the third season south carolina west virginia virginia arkansas and tennessee and we'll talk to mary beth about those five states and some of the neat selections that you'll be able to watch if you have insp during this third season and i think you'll really enjoy that conversation coming up in hour two as we give matt hermans the week off to talk about state plate now on the Y'all Show, we turn our attention to the world of politics, and my, oh my, is it getting fun as we get closer to the midterm election in November. Well, President Trump, his old friend, Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn from the Nashville area, she needs all the help she can get in the state of Tennessee. She's in a tough fight against Phil Bredesen, the former mayor of Nashville and the two-term governor of the volunteer state. Those two are the ones going up against each other in the general election in November, and it's a close race. So President Trump is coming to help his friend Blackburn, who was really campaigning hard for him in the early stages of his effort to become president. And the president will be in Johnson City, Tennessee, at the beginning of next week. He's going to be in Johnson City for both a fundraiser and a campaign-style rally on the campus of East Tennessee State University. And this will be Monday evening there in East Tennessee. He's scheduled to make this MAGA rally, and this will be a build-up to the Tennessee primary election. So a big night in East Tennessee, far East Tennessee. Johnson City is about as far east as you can go. It's only a few miles over to the North Carolina line there at uh, Johnson City, home of the ETSU Bucks. which, by the way, I'll talk about ETSU's football team at the start of the next hour. So Bucks fans, congratulations. I'll tell you why you should be happy if you don't know, start of hour two. If you're a Trump fan, you should be doubly happy. If you hate Trump and you're an ETSU fan, well, bad news, Trump's coming. Good news is, hey, you had a you had a big win Saturday night. And we'll tell you a little bit more how that happened at the start of hour two. So Trump coming to Tennessee on Monday, far east Tennessee, though. So sorry if you're a Trump fan in Memphis or Union City or somewhere in West Tennessee. You got a long way to go to get to Trump country in East Tennessee on Monday. Well, Vice President Pence plans to go to Georgia as he's hoping to help Republican gubernatorial candidate Brian Kemp in his effort to win in November. Now, they were scheduled to have the event last week, but Hurricane Florence got in the way. Now, meanwhile, former Vice President Joe Biden said he was going to come to Georgia to help out Democratic candidate Stacey Abrams on September 27th with a rally, but unfortunately, he's canceled. So we're not sure what's going on there on the Democratic side. Pence will headline a GOP victory dinner for Kemp on October 11th in Atlanta, and it will be Pence's second appearance of Kemp's campaign after he joined him for a stop in Macon back in July. So you're going to see more of the power players for both Kemp and Stacey Abrams in this effort to become governor of Georgia. And former President Barack Obama has already endorsed Abrams and President Donald Trump has endorsed Kemp. So the power players, both sides, getting behind the candidates for governor of the state of Georgia. Well, I found this report out yesterday on the website southernpoliticalreport.com, and the article is titled, What September Polls Tell Us? And kind of briefly going through here, we talked about the close contest going on in Tennessee right now between Phil Bredesen and Marsha Blackburn. According to this Southern Political Report, Bredesen is leading 50 to 45% in a CNN poll, 
and in a poll put out by Fox, Blackburn had a 47 to 44 advantage. Bredesen was a 48 to 46 leader in an NBC News Marist poll. Now, also in other states going on in the South, Florida has a Senate race going on, and in the latest poll data coming from the Sunshine State, Senator Bill Nelson is at 45%. Rick Scott, the governor of Florida, who's competing for that position, is at 44%. Nip and tuck all the way between these two. Other poll data going out right now shows same results, no matter who's putting it on for that. As we talked about in Georgia with the governor's race going on there, it's right now, according to Atlanta Journal of Constitution, a poll put there, 45% tie between Brian Kemp, who is the Secretary of State in Georgia, and Stephanie Abrams, who's the Democratic nominee, as we said. And in Florida, former Congressman Ron DeSantis is running for the Republican bid to become governor, and he's facing Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum. And the latest polls from Florida show Gillum with a 48-42 to 42 advantage. And if he wins, Gillum will be the first black man to be elected governor in Florida. Of course, Abrams, if she wins in Georgia, she'll be the first black woman elected governor anywhere. So some big things going on there. Now, in Texas, of course, Texas got a huge Senate race going on right now. The latest Quinnipiac poll shows Cruz with a 54-45 to 45 lead over O'Rourke. But a lot of people think this is a race that's going to go very close and could possibly flip. So we'll know more about it momentarily. And those two guys going up against each other had their first televised debate the other day. And we want to play you some audio from this. This was on the campus of SMU in Dallas as Cruz and O'Rourke went off. And there is a portion of that debate where they, of course, talk about President Trump and his impact. And you'll hear both Cruz talking. I think you'll be familiar with the former guy who ran for president back in 2016. His voice is kind of distinctive. And O'Rourke, the El Paso congressman, who's the challenger. And this is this is going to be a, a fun race to watch if you like politics. This is this is going to be one that's probably going to get even uglier between now and November. But here is a little portion of their debate from the end of last week. Well, there is no doubt 2016 was an election unlike any others. And there were some hard shots thrown. I'll tell you, my dad, who's here tonight, anyone who knows me knows my father has been my hero every day of my life. And Heidi and my daughters who are here as well, anyone who knows me knows Heidi is my best friend in the world. I think she is the most beautiful woman on the face of the planet. I am blessed from God to be married to Heidi Cruz. Now, after the election in 2016, I faced a choice. Donald Trump had been elected president, and we had an opportunity, an opportunity to do something extraordinary. I made a conscious choice to do the job I've been elected to do, which is to represent 28 million Texans. I've got a responsibility, which is to fight for every person here and every person in this state. And so I have worked hand in hand with the president on substance, and we have delivered remarkable victories, the biggest tax cut of a generation. We've seen four million new jobs created since Trump was elected and we, and we cut taxes and cut regulations. We're seeing record low unemployment. Texans' lives are better. So yes, I could have chosen to make it about myself, to be selfish and say, you know what, my feelings are hurt, so I'm gonna take my marbles and go home. But I think that would have been not doing the job I was elected to, and every single day in the Senate has been my job to fight for jobs, 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 and to fight for 28 million Texans. I've done that, 
And if the people of Texas reelect me, I will continue to fight each and every day for jobs and economic opportunity for Texas. That's your time. <laughs> Representative O'Rourke. Farmers and ranchers that I meet all across this state as I visit each one of the 254 counties of Texas wonder where their junior senator is as this president enters trade wars and imposes tariffs that are going to hurt no state more than Texas. Average citizens from both parties and independents alike wonder where our junior senator is when you have a president who may or may not have tried to collude with Russia in 2016, but to quote the conservative columnist George Will on that stage in Helsinki as he defended Vladimir Putin instead of the United States of America, that was collusion in action. Listen. If the president attacks you personally, your wife, your father, how you respond is your business. But when Thank the you. president attacks our institutions, this country allows a foreign power to invade our democracy, that is our business. We need a U.S. senator who will stand up to this president where we must, work with him where we can, but ensure that 242 years into this audacious experiment that we are still a nation of laws and not one of men. So let me say two things. Number one, Congressman O'Rourke inv invoked farmers and ranchers. I'll tell you, I'm incredibly privileged to have the support of farmers and ranchers across the state. Indeed, the Texas Farm Bureau has endorsed my reelection because I've been fighting for farmers and ranchers for six straight years. And on policy, Congressman O'Rourke's position are dramatically out of touch with farmers and ranchers. He supports President Obama's Waters of the United States rule. He's voted in favor of it multiple times, puts massive burdens on farmers and ranchers. He's voted in favor of the death tax, keeping it broad, sucking farmers and ranchers and small businesses into it. That's not good for farmers and ranchers. But, sure but you know where his question ended? It ended on an attack on Donald Trump. And the modern Democratic Party is just consumed with hatred for Donald Trump. That's why Congressman O'Rourke is the only Democratic Senate nominee in the country to explicitly commit to voting to impeach President Trump. That, that is extreme and that doesn't reflect Texas. And that was a debate held Friday evening between Ted Cruz and his challenger, Beto O'Rourke, in Texas as they go to try to get that Senate seat as Cruz looks to be reelected, and O'Rourke looks to switch over from being a congressman to a senator in Texas. And Texas has not had a senator elected, U.S. senator at least, since the early 90s. And I believe that was Ann Richards. She might have been the last senator from Texas who had a D attached to her name. And that's a look at what's going on in the Southland here, politically speaking. Hope you enjoyed that. When we come back in hour two, we're going to tell you the sports lanyard for the week. We've got some small college notes that we want to pass along. And how about the Atlanta Braves? Big news for the Tomahawkers. We'll have that. We'll hear from the manager of the Braves, Brian Snitker. And we'll have later in the hour our spotlight on the show State Plate on the INSB channel. And Mary Beth McClellan will be our special guest, and she'll tell us about all the awesome entrees found in the five southern states that are going to be featured in Season 3 of State Plate, hosted by former American Idol winner Taylor Hicks. That's all ahead in Hour 2 of The Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone. 
the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Every year, thousands overpay for a used car. They're left feeling disappointed, ashamed, and alone. Traditional pricing books only add to the confusion, offering only guesstimates and ranges. Carfax has a better way. When you search used cars at Carfax.com, you get the most accurate price based on the Carfax report. So you never have to overpay on a used car again. Start your used car search today at Carfax.com. Hey there, I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kid stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick, Miss Lydia. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. We are back for hour two of the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Thank you for joining us here on this All Southern Show. We have a Twitter account at Y'all Show, and we have an Instagram account to boot. And that's the Y'all Show on Instagram. We've got some good stuff there and more are coming. So check it out for all of you folks that want to get on that smartphone and goof off. We want you to like us on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. More and more stuff coming as the Y'all Show branches out. Well, here in this hour of the Y'all Show, we're branching out to talk some food as there's a show on the INSP channel called State Plate, hosted by Alabama's own Taylor Hicks, the American Idol winner from 2006. And this show goes all over the U.S. of A., talking about great food choices and really educating you on the history of these food choices. And it is just a really creative idea and a really good show. And they debuted their third season of State Plate on INSP this week. And the producer of that show, Mary Beth McClellan, is coming on in the next segment to give you a sneak peek at the Southern offerings available in Season 3 as they go to South Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, and the natural state of Arkansas. We're talking selections like she-crab soup from South Carolina and sweet tea and some of the other unique offerings they've got. In the volunteer state, Taylor and Mary Beth, they went to check out Nashville's Hot Chicken Restaurant, and they went all the way on I-40 to Memphis to Rendezvous Ribs for the great selection that they have there in the bluff city of Memphis, Tennessee. So, yeah, that's just a small sample of what you're going to get later this hour of the Y'all Show with our feature of State Plate on the TV channel INSP. You do not want to miss that, my friends. 
Well, now we have on the Y'all Show what we call Sports Lanyette, where we cover the bases of all types of Southern activity. And covering the bases is the perfect, perfect, perfect word to use right now. So we're going to talk a little Major League Baseball and cue the music, sir. Oh, I love it. And that's not because I'm a Florida State Seminole fan. That's because I'm an Atlanta Brave fan, and a lot of folks across the South like the Atlanta Braves. Arguably love the Atlanta Braves. And for the first time in about five years, the Atlanta Braves punched their playoff ticket this past weekend on Saturday. They clinched the National League East Division, and it was a big, big event as this team, of course, won so many pennants back in the 90s and 2000s, but they've really struggled in the last five to six years and had a couple of losing seasons and just, just couldn't get it together. And the manager of the team, Brian Snitker, has led them back to the postseason and back to a league, or I should say division title, for the first time in about five years. And, and if you're a Braves fan, it is a big deal right now for the Bravos to be champs of the NL East. Let's hear from Brian Snicker. He talks here in this clip in the locker room after the win about winning the pennant and what it means. I guess it's called pennant if you win your division. You might have to win your league for that, and that would be the National League. They haven't quite done that. But this is a great deal about baseball. This guy and anybody involved in Major League Baseball, they work their fannies off. They're gone all the time. And in this little soundbite done with Fox Sports after the win, he talks about being away from his family, his wife, and, and Snitker's 62 years old, and he's been a part of the Braves organization since he was a minor league player back in the mid-70s. So the Atlanta Braves is all he knows, and Major League Baseball is all he knows, but that comes with a price, and you'll get a little sneak peek of what that price is here in this clip with Brian Snitker. Unbelievably special. Like I say, Ronnie's been by me the whole time, um, and it hadn't been easy. I mean, she's been a single parent for probably... I don't know. We've been married 30 some years and I'm probably half of them. Mm -hmm. We've been together because I, you know, I'd leave in February and come home in September. She'd have the kids. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do this. And um, she's been an unbelievable partner, um, mom, everything. And, uh, you know, allowed me to to do this. And, and I, I, I love her to death and, and I'm just so uh, blessed to have her. I know you've probably went through this moment, I mean, numerous times in your head when you stepped foot into that clubhouse, you come out, you see all the tarp out, and it's your turn to say something to your team. Was that moment even better than you could have ever imagined it? Yeah, and I'm not real good at doing that. I choke up and yeah. can't really, I think I get my point across by not saying anything, maybe. Um, you know, it's hard because it is. It's a, you know, and I do get emotional. I'm not ashamed of it. No. and, and um, because uh, I'm, you know, like I say, I'm so proud of those guys, and, and uh, you know, can't, I couldn't be happier for the guys in that room. Everything they've went through, what they go through for the last six and a half months, whatever we've been doing this since February. I mean, this is just such an awesome, awesome day, an awesome feeling, um, and I'm just so glad we could do it here at home. Brian Snicker, manager of the Atlanta Braves, who captured the National League East crown Saturday with a win over the Philadelphia Phillies. And the Braves still have a lot to play for here in this final week of Major League's regular season. Then the wild card and the playoff action starts next week. Let's quickly look at what's going on Major League-wise for the postseason. Well, the American League has their act together. We already know the six playoff teams that are going to be 
in the Junior League. The Red Sox had the best record in all of baseball, and as we record today, they've got 106 wins compared to 51 losses. The New York Yankees, we, we mentioned in hour one, we weren't sure exactly how their season's gone. Well, they're 96 and 60. That would be best in a lot of the divisions. But right now they trail the Red Sox by 10 games. And as a result, they're going to go to the postseason, but they're going to be a wild card contender from the American League. The Cleveland Indians have captured the AL Central. And then in the West, your two teams that will be playoff bound are the Houston Astros and the Oakland Athletics. Now, Likely Houston will capture the division. There's a very small chance, depending on when you're hearing this, that the A's might be able to come back in a miracle form. But regardless, the A's and the Astros both will be playoff bound in 2018. Now, National League, the Braves are the only team that have clinched a playoff berth at this point by winning the NL East. Now, that's because the National League Central is congested with three teams fighting for the crown of that division. And two of those teams are likely to go to the the wild card, maybe three teams. And those three teams are the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals. The Cardinals actually have a better shot than the second-place team in the NL West, the Colorado Rockies. Now, the Rockies aren't totally out of it. They could actually capture the NL West with the Dodgers leading by one game right now. So, again, National League-wise, the Braves are the only team from the East that are playoff-bound and then in the Central, you've got the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals all fighting, jockeying for position here in the closing days of the season. And then on, on the NL West side of things, Dodgers and Rockies are really, really coming down to the wire. It gets fun this time of year in Major League Baseball when we get to playoff time. National Football League action from Monday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks tried to rally, but they fell short. 30-27, to 27, and that gives Tampa Bay its first loss of the season. They dropped to 2-1. and one. Steelers are 1-1-1. One, one, and one. Remember, they had that tie in week one against the lowly Cleveland Browns. Thursday night football this week features the Minnesota Vikings at the Los Angeles Rams playing at the Coliseum in Tinseltown. Jalen McCleskey, a receiver on the Oklahoma State Cowboys football team, has announced that he's going to redshirt and transfer out of OSU. The Covington, Louisiana native has 167 career receptions for nearly 1,900 yards and 17 touchdowns, but there's been a new rule change in college football, and he wants to stop play this year after a couple of games and take his talent elsewhere in 2019. And there may be more of these happening in college football any day now as most teams finish their fourth game this past weekend. Now, our sports lanyette where we like to spotlight the little guys, or I call them little. Some of these are really big schools. They just aren't in the Power Five. They're in the group of five, and we've got some FCS football to talk about, too. How about the South Florida Bulls? They survived a game against East Carolina this past weekend, and the Bulls are 4-0 and right now. UCF is 3-0. and Remember, they had a game scheduled at UNC that got canceled, so that's why they're not 4-0. and They are ranked number 13 and they are competing with South Florida, their rival there, in the AAC East Division. In the AAC West Division, how about SMU? They really shocked me. They got a big win over Navy there in Dallas on Friday night of last week, and Navy drops to 1-1 one and one in AAC action. They were able to beat Memphis a few weeks back, but the midshipmen dropping one to SMU. A big win for the Mustangs last week. Elsewhere in the Power of Five group of Sports teams we want to tell you about. The Charlotte 49ers are 2-2 two two right now. They are atop the Conference USA standings, East Division. 
Southern Miss is 1-0 as the Golden Eagles under quarterback Jack Abraham, who passed for 428 yards, were able to knock off Rice 40-22 last weekend at the Rock in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And although they haven't started conference play yet, the North Texas Mean Green of Conference USA, again, 4-0, and and they've got that big win over Arkansas to their credit. So good news coming out of Denton, Texas for the Mean Green. Now, Sunbelt Conference action. How about the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers? They got a big win at University of Louisiana Lafayette this past weekend. And the reason that's a big story is because Coastal Carolina after they played a game on a Wednesday because of moving out of Conway, South Carolina for Hurricane Florence, they went up to Campbell and got a win at Bowie's Creek, North Carolina on a Wednesday early afternoon. And they did that to get away from Florence. So they decided to travel all the way to Louisiana, and they spent roughly 10 days, maybe even more, practicing in Louisiana, getting ready for their next game, which was a scheduled road game at Louisiana Lafayette. And they went in to Lafayette and beat the Raging Cajuns this past weekend. So big job, good job by the Chanticleers getting the win over the Raging Cajuns. And that's what's going on in Sunbelt action right now. Now, from the FCS ranks, got to give love to the James Madison Dukes. My goodness, they poured it on William and Mary this past weekend. They're rivals. They're old rivals. And the Dukes hosted William and Mary and JMU which won a national championship in FCS football two years ago. They won 51-0 to over the Tribe on Saturday, and that was a big win in CAA action. And as we've teased you earlier in the show, ETSU just started football back a couple of years ago, and they have Randy Sanders coaching this team, who was a longtime assistant at Tennessee and at Florida State, and the Bucks had a big game at home this past weekend against the Furman Paladins, a historical powerhouse in FCS football. And this was a game where it was nip and tuck. ETSU rallied in the last in the last quarter. They scored 16 points actually, and they actually won the game 29-27. But the difference in the game was ETSU got a score to tie it at the end with about a minute and a half left, and they tied the game. They kicked off with about a minute left in the game, and the player for Furman received the kickoff at around the two-yard line, and he decided to do the fair catch, which is a new rule in college football. You can fair catch a kickoff, and if you're out of the end zone, you can fair catch it, and the ball will be put at the 25-yard line. So if you're at the two or five or ten and you want a fair catch, the defense won't be coming down and plowing you down and hurting you. So that's a new rule change. Well, here's the problem with the Paladins. They wanted to fair catch, but the player for Furman did not actually give the signal to fair catch. So he he kind of gave up and walked off. And guess what? The ref didn't give him the ball at the 25. He put Furman back at the two-yard line. A miscommunication there. And the next player or two after that, Furman was taken down for a loss in the end zone for a safety and that gave East Tennessee State which is now 3 and 1 on the season the win over Furman and what a big win for the Bucks there in Johnson City Tennessee and this weekend East Tennessee and SoCon Action host Chattanooga the mocks go to East Tennessee and they're actually in East Tennessee too but they go to the university that's called East Tennessee State University 
And the Mocs are riding in 4-0. They knocked off Samford, a big win there at Finley Stadium. So in SoCon action, the two Tennessee teams will be the highlight of action this weekend in college football. So a little FCS love for you here from both the CAA and the SoCon here on the Tuesday Lanyap on the Y'all Show. When we come back, we will be talking State Plate, the show on INSP. And it is a fantastic new show that we'll be telling you all about. It's hosted by Taylor Hicks. You might remember him from American Idol. Well, he is the host, and they go to all kind of really delicious places. And we've got the lineup coming up next here on Y'all with John Rawl. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent with your host, John Rawl. Glad to have you back on a Tuesday as we talk all things Southern. And, of course, we love our Southern food. And I recently found out about an awesome television show that spotlights not only the South, but the entire U.S., and it spotlights the food aspect of our country. It's called State Plate. It airs on the INSP channel. And we have a producer from State Plate on with us right now, we have Mary Beth McClellan, and she's with River Media, the producers of State Plate. Hello, welcome into y'all. Hi, y'all. How's it going? <laughs> well, that's not too hard for you. Of course, your company based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. I'm. I like to say y'all, and I've um, spread it around the country. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. Well, we're going to learn a lot more about State Plate. It is a show that comes on INSP, which. I've seen that name before. It used to be the Inspiration Channel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's right. And now they have just the four letters, INSP, and they've got a mixture of all kind of things. It's not necessarily a religious channel, I think, which is what it started out as. So they've got this show called State Plate, hosted by Taylor Hicks. Now, Taylor Hicks is the Season 5 winner of American Idol. He won that back in 2006, the Birmingham-area native. And he is part of this show now in its third season that just debuted this week on INSP, and we're going to kind of get a take on what is appearing in Season 3 with the southern states. There's five southern states in this new season, South Carolina, Virginia, West Virginia, Tennessee, and Arkansas. And we're going to get Mary Beth to tell us about all these places in those states momentarily. But first, Mary Beth, let me ask you how about this concept of State Plate came about, because there's a lot of shows on television that have to do with food, but you have a very unique way of doing it with State Plate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it was someone at the network at INSP um, who used to work for River Media. So um, they were trying to develop some original programming to have their uh, new shows out just for INSP. And um, 
he just, he pitched the idea. It's an idea that he had for a while. And, um, and, and that's then the rest is history. And so he, he thought that he knew a good, um, production company to use, which was us too. So that's kind of how we all got involved with it. So it's just kind of a concept that, um, I think it's a, I think it is a great idea and a catchy name state plate. So it's, um, that's about it. Well, it's a fun show. Now, again, you all are in your third season. And so what was the very first state featured in state plate? That's right. Um, so we actually started off with a different host. Um, her name was Maureen McCormick, which you might know her from the Brady Bunch. Yes. And she started doing the first, uh, two episodes, which was just kind of a trial. And, um, and then after that, they thought, well, you know, we, we don't know if this is maybe the right fit or, or whatever. And so Taylor got involved and they love Taylor and, and he was just a great fit for the show and, um, just really adventurous and I think kind of, um, just brought a fun aspect to the show. And so they started, uh, with Maureen and I think Florida was the very first okay. one. And so with Taylor, his first one that we did with him was Arizona. And then that season one, we actually went back to Florida and, um, and kind of got some of those foods. So, so Taylor got to run at it too. So there are two episodes that they kind of co-host. Um, but our first one was Taylor started in Arizona. And of this, you just told me before the interview started with you that you're actually wrapping up all 50 states here in the edit room right now. And you've been a big part of this, Mary Beth. You've been, what, 46 out of 50 states you've been a part of? That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you've gotten to know a lot about our country, especially the cuisine of our country. Yes. It, it has been quite an adventure, and it's amazing uh, how much I've learned. And, and, you know, I think probably my favorite part about it has just been meeting some of the people and some of the farmers and really getting to see where our food comes from. And, you know, some things you surprise you, you know, you, th- you go to the store and maybe you don't necessarily think about it, but when you really get to go out and see like the cornfields in Nebraska and, and wheat fields in Montana, it's like, Oh wow, this is all grown right here in the good USA. So it's, um, it's really made me proud. Yeah, and that's what makes State Plate a lot different than your ordinary so-called show about food. You actually get you actually get dirty. You go out there in the trenches and you find out about how this stuff really gets harvested and of course the great cuisine and you do it kind of like you would in a restaurant. You break it down into different choices and and that's really a great yeah. thing is you have the appetizer and the entree and the sides and the dessert, which is my favorite part of any meal. And you have that for oh, each yeah. state. <laughs> so it's just a really, I, 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 I want to give all y'all a big hug for coming up with a great idea. Oh, well, thank you. Yep, I can't <laughs> take credit for it. But um, but I, it has been such a, a blessing to work on, for sure, and, and get to go see the states. And, you know, it just amazes me how each state is so unique. And, um, you know, even our southern states, they're, yeah. they're all so unique and they're all different and um, and they have so much to offer. You know, in South Carolina, I didn't even know 
we featured collard greens uh, was just one of the things we featured and and I learned so many things about collard greens that I had no idea <laughs> it's just so fascinating to learn yeah and there's a reason you learned about that yeah that would be my own family and that's how I knew about your show you all went there yeah. to uh, my family farm Clayton Raw Farms and I was actually there the day y'all were filming and someone said hey there's this uh, TV show going to be out here this morning I'm like oh okay and they said, yeah, I think it's got something to do with Taylor Hicks. Remember him from American Idol? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he'll be in a <laughs> studio somewhere in Birmingham just kind of doing the intros and outros for the show. Well, that's not the case. Taylor Hicks was in the field, as I'm sure he's in that's most right. most every one of these episodes. He's doing everything as part of the show, which is really, really neat. That's right. So Chris taught us how, taught Taylor how to, um, how to pick the greens and harvest them. And so, he, you know, they were out there in the field picking them, seeing yeah. how they grow and bundling them up. And, you know, you just gain so much more appreciation for it when you get to learn how it's done and yeah. see it like that. That was my little but older brother. He's actually three years older, but he's about a foot shorter than me, Chris Raw <laughs> of Clayton Raw Farms. And, yes. and just so you know, the correct vernacular is you don't pick greens, you cut greens. Because I bet you somewhere Taylor had a knife in his hand, didn't he? You cut, yep, you're right. Yeah, you're you right. cut them. So you got to be careful out there. You have to bend over. You got a big knife, almost like a butcher knife. And trust me, Mary Beth, I've done plenty of collard cutting in my lifetime. Um, mm. And you have to be careful when you just sit there and slash that thing, which I believe y'all were there in March whenever that uh, particular shoot was going on. But when it's in the dead of winter and it's like freezing oh, and your yeah. hands are cold and those collard greens are cold and wet. And you have that big knife in your hand, you really got to be Ooh. careful. So it's it's a lot of fun. Of course, we're going to talk more about South Carolina collard greens and the other fair that uh, you've got there from South Carolina in just a few seconds with you. But again, Taylor Hicks is the host of this thing, and it, you've been all over the country, and you've done a great job of featuring all of our southern states. Now, leading up to season three, which is what we are in, it debuted this week on INSP. Tell me about one or two or three of your favorite things you've done thus far as a producer of this show with these states you've been to so far. Um, Hawaii was pretty cool. We yeah. got to go out to Hawaii this year, and that's going to kick off kick off the season. And um, I mean, that was amazing. It was just, it was. Had you been to Hawaii you've before? Never been to Hawaii. You got to go. Had yeah. you had you been? Um, I went as a kid, but I I couldn't. Um, I didn't remember you know, too much, but mm-hmm. going as an adult and even getting to see, you know, the foods and what I loved about it so much is that, um, the, the people, you know, the native people have such a connection with the food and it is their way of life. It is what sustains them. It's, it's everything to them, you know, and, and that to me was just a really interesting way to look at it that, you know, it's kind of a new perspective that we don't always appreciate, I think. Well, Hawaii and South Carolina, the first two episodes for the new season three. And frankly, Mary Beth, when you have Hawaii and then South Carolina back to back, I don't think you need to film any more. I think you just need to shut it down. You've reached your, you've jumped the shark. <laughs> That's it. Yep. We, the the best two, we're, we're going to just put them right up front. Um, and South Carolina was amazing. Um, it's, you know, South Carolina is just known for its food. I think so that wasn't as surprising, you know, but um, one thing that did really interest me in South Carolina is we featured tea, sweet tea, as one of our sides, which is kind of different. We've not done a drink before, but we figured, okay, 
you know, South Carolina sweet tea, that makes sense. But not only that, um, the largest tea plantation in America is there in South Carolina. Oh, yeah. And um, it grows right there. And so we got to actually see the tea growing, and it, it's amazing. It, it was so cool. So you have in South Carolina sweet tea, collard greens, but you also have two things from the water is you have featured sheet crab soup and a low country shrimp boil, also known as Buford stew, also known as Frogmore stew. So tell me about uh-huh. those two items. The sheet crab soup, we I learned about that being there and just kind of the custom of it, like a chowder. It's um, have you ever had it before? Oh yes. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty popular around, and I know it's in a lot of uh, different restaurants, but we went to Pugin's Porch, which is one of the restaurants there in Charleston, and um, Taylor got to make it with really? with one of their uh, longest um, employees there who's been making the soup forever and kind of modified the recipe, and um, it's just like a creamy-based crab soup with crab meat and then the crab eggs is in it, which is called the roe, and mm-hmm. I guess that's why they call it she-crab soup, because you have that the eggs in there kind of give it extra flavor and and color. And then a low-country shrimp bowl. Now, a lot of people in the South are more familiar with crawfish, but in South Carolina's low country especially, it's all about the low-country boil, which is a combination of shrimp, corn, potatoes, and sausage all put together, and I assume Taylor was a big part of making that. Oh, yeah, that was fun. That, that one we actually went to um, some the catering company that uh, puts on these low country boils, and, you know, this is what they do all the time. Well, they had some family friends, and they just invited us over, and we had our own, our own boil. And wow. so it was just real people and um, beautiful location right there on the water. And um, we just tailor-made the whole thing for everybody and then got to – relax and enjoy it and eat with everybody so it's a lot of um community you know and just going around and meeting new people and i will say that south carolina you know you really feel the southern hospitality everyone is just so nice and it's almost like you meet a new friend and and that your friends that's just the way it is you're we were so welcome there and and we met a lot of a lot of great people. So, Well, it is the South. It is the home of the South. And I'm only saying that to get all the other Southern states rattled, like, what's this guy talking about? Uh, but <laughs> but also, I right. ju- you just came out with the latest spinoff of State Plate. You know what that is? You just came out with the, the – ta- no, 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 no. The, the next spinoff show for State Plate will be tailor-made. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I love that. Yeah. Well, yeah you, we, you said definitely, it. Definitely. People need to start um, – Start thinking about what's next. Yeah. Let let INSP know because we're more than happy to do something. Yeah. <laughs> that, only because Taylor Hicks is the host of the show, but he's doing a great job. We, but if you run out of 50 states, if we don't start adding more, then I guess you'll have to start back over with your states, which sounds like a good project, too. Your last feature. Yeah, second helping. Yeah, your last uh, feature in South Carolina is the dessert. It's a Benny wafer, and that's really a Charleston delicacy. Tell us about what a Benny wafer is. Yeah, Benny. So Benny is the uh, is a word for sesame seeds, and so a Benny is basically a sesame seed, and those um, historically have been in South Carolina. Um, they were brought over from Africa, and 
they were planted not only for food, but also kind of as a symbol for good luck and protection. And so that tradition kind of carried on. And so the Benny wafer, it's like um, a really thin cookie. It's sweet, but it has the sesame in it. And so it gives it a very interesting kind of nutty flavor. And it's just like a really thin, sweet wafer. And it's, kind of the tradition carries on today that it's still used for like wedding favors and, and things like that as a symbol of good luck. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. We're visiting with Mary Beth McClellan here on the Y'all Show. She's the producer of State Plate, which is on the INSP. If you don't have INSP, it's on DirecTV, channel 364 on the Dish Network. It's channel 259, and it has a collection of great shows, and one of the great shows on there is debuting this week with its third season, and that is State Plate, hosted by Taylor Hicks of American Idol fame. We're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking with Mary Beth about State Plate. We're going to learn about the Virginias, both West Virginia and the Commonwealth, the Old Dominion. And we've got Tennessee and Arkansas also in Season 3. That's ahead on The Y'all Show with John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Back into y'all talk with a southern accent. John Rawl now continuing our conversation with Mary Beth McClellan, producer for River Media, and they produce the show on the INSP channel State Plate, hosted by Taylor Hicks of American Idol fame. Remember him 12 years ago winning that season five of American Idol. And now Taylor Segway, when he's not on the Paul Feinbaum show singing the theme song for that, he is on State Plate on the INSP channel. And season three debuts this week on the channel. South Carolina and Hawaii kicked off season three. Other southern states to look for in season three are West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, and Arkansas. So, Mary Beth, I want to first talk about the two Virginias and what all you learned there, some of the great selections you found in those two states. Oh, great, John. Um, well, Virginia uh, is so full of history, and I will say that I learned a interesting fact that um, one of the things we featured, our appetizer, was peanuts. And we did a peanut soup. 
And um, Virginia was the first state to grow peanuts. Did not so know that. That's where it all started, was right there in Virginia, yeah. Man. See, you learn all kind of stuff, not just about good food, but the history. I love it. Yeah, the history. And it's like I think so many um, foods that we eat today, we just think, oh, they've always been around. But um, one thing that's cool about the show is you learn really where it came from and, mm. and how it got here. So peanuts were first planted in Virginia, and they're still one of the biggest planters. They just do really great in the climate there. Um, so peanuts are great. And then we also went up to, uh, Virginia beach and we did some fishing ah. and that was pretty interesting. One of the most interesting foods we had, um, uh, the whole season was probably in Virginia and it's called a sugar toad. Yeah. What in the world is that? <laughs> it's a fish. It's actually a Northern puffer fish and, they're native to that area, and um, they're just nicknamed sugar toads because it's a fish. It's not a frog. It's a fish, but um, they kind of say it's as ugly as a toad, but it tastes as sweet as sugar. Mm. <laughs> so it's actually a fish that doesn't has a doesn't taste like fish. It's very mild, and um, they say it kind of tastes like chicken, and it's a little bit sweet. So um, yeah, sugar toad. Great. That's in Virginia, and that particular episode will debut on the 8th of October. Now, West Virginia debuts before that, and West Virginia will be the feature on the week of October 1st. And I love what you have there. You have something called ramps and onions. I have no idea what that is. So ramps, it's kind of like a wild onion uh, that's native to West Virginia. Okay. And so it's really... It's it's kind of, it's really hot. It's like um, a cross between garlic and a green onion. Um, it's just like that really strong oniony flavor, and I think I think they're great. I, I love plants. I'm kind of a plant eater, uh-huh. and um, even though, you know, I can appreciate some of these awesome dishes we've been around, and, and I'll try some of them, but. Uh, I love the vegetables, so this one I really enjoyed because we got to go out to the woods and and they got some fresh out of the ground and just ate them up. So they, that was like so fresh and really tasty. And it's spelled R-A-M-P-S, Ramps. And I learned something every day, and today's word of the day for me is Ramps. I had not seen that before. Yeah, and it's, it's rare. They only come up in the spring. Ah, so okay. there's kind of a short window to get them, and... People go in West Virginia, they, um, it's kind of competitive. They'll go out hiking and foraging and kind of looking for them. They do still grow in the wild, and um, you got to just get them while they're out. So there's only about a six-week period you can go to get ramps in West Virginia. Another entree from West Virginia you have is something called brook trout. Now, that one also I'm a little bit ignorant on. What is brook trout? Brook trout, it's kind of like... It's just a type of trout, um, and brook trout is also native to okay. West Virginia. And so what they do now is um, the Fish and Game Department actually stock the streams, um, and they raise some of these in a hatchery and stock the streams so that they can continue to to flourish and that fishermen can enjoy fishing and things like that, just kind of how it was back in the day. 
And so they stock the streams and they put the native brook trout into the streams because it is supposed to be there and, and, you know, it doesn't affect the environment negatively or anything like that. And so they actually raise these brook trout in a hatchery and then release them. And that's what Taylor got to do. So that was kind of interesting. Wow. He's a lucky guy. We're visiting with Mary, Mary Beth McClellan producer of State Plate on the INSP channel. And again, season three debuts this week on INSP. And you can see Taylor Hicks out there getting his hands dirty and getting out in the battlefield of all things Southern cooking and not only the South, but other states that they feature. Like this week, it's Hawaii and South Carolina. And they're going across the entire country here on State Plate. In the month of October, as we get toward the end of October, you move over to Tennessee and let's talk a little bit about the, the volunteer state because I should have joined you there because not only did you have some good hot chicken, you also got some Memphis dry rub barbecue ribs in. So when you went to Tennessee, you had a great time. Tell us about your trip to the volunteer state. That's right. And that's that's my home state. So I'm proud to, we knew we had to do Tennessee justice. Um, <laughs> what part are you we from? We started in Nashville with the hot chicken. Okay. And, um, I kind of thought, you know, oh, is is this best for Tennessee state plate? It's I thought it was kind of a newer thing, more of a trend, and I feel like it has really become a trend lately. But um, we went to Prince's Hot Chicken, which is the original, and uh, after being there and, and learning about how long it's been around, it's like, oh, yeah, this definitely represents Tennessee. Um, and that's awesome. That's just a, a really funny story. It actually started um, – she called it like revenge chicken because whoever it was uh, maybe was out doing things late at night they shouldn't have been doing. And so when he came home, she thought, well, I'm going to make him some chicken that's just like really spicy. But then he ended up liking it. And so that's kind of how hot chicken got its start. And so now everybody just loves it. But yeah. it is really spicy and it's a top secret recipe. They would not tell us we now, weren't even allowed in the kitchen now princess is it the one that's more famous for the length of time people have to wait to get in the door to have a meal now that's true even we had to wait okay <laughs> that's true yeah I mean, but it's I, worth it it's okay. worth the wait all right well that nashville hot chicken wings part of the tennessee spotlight in late october that's the appetizer then you have the entree for the volunteer state and for that you go to I assume you probably went to Rendezvous in Memphis, but you tell me yes, where you we went. we did. Okay. No, we did. We went to Rendezvous. Yep, you're right. And uh, you had some dry rub barbecue ribs. What is it that makes Rendezvous dry rub barbecue ribs different that you found out during your episode? Well, we got to um, talk to John, the owner there, and uh, he uh, told Taylor that the, I think just the unique blend of seasoning, okay. and it actually has a little bit of Greek influence. Um, cause his family was Greek. And so I think they add just herbs and spices that you wouldn't normally put in a barbecue rub, but it just, I think it gives it that extra flavor and kind of a zing that you just don't find anywhere else. And so some of those herbs blends are actually some things that are more popular in Greek food. Yeah. Which is delicious. Now, in Tennessee, yeah. you also featured cornbread and banana pudding, but I've got to ask you about one of your sides that you all have on State Plate for Tennessee. 
and this is something I'm not familiar with. Having lived in Tennessee for a long time, I have never had salted pork green beans. So tell me about salted pork green beans, where you went for that, and what it is. Yeah, so, and I guess they're called snap beans, too, a lot. Okay. And so uh, Tennessee is one of the largest growers of snap beans, or green beans, or pole beans. And um, we went to a farm um, near the Memphis area, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Taylor got to plant some with um, an old planter, and then they kind of had a little jam session, too, because, you know, Taylor being a musician... Every now and then, we'll, he kind of breaks out into song. Yeah. And, um, and I'm sure you, the, so produ- the producers of, of the show are okay with that, right? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. And so um, we were at a place called Witten Farms. Okay. And they're just awesome there. And um, he had a harmonica. He plays harmonica, too. So he surprised Taylor with a little harmonica song. And um, to finished the dish they just wrapped it in bacon and just put it in the oven and that's it and then then it came out it was just crispy and caramelized and a little bit of that uh, bacon flavor gets in the green beans and so that was a big hit and something really simple that you could make at home too all right well that sounds good i mean i love bacon and i love green beans and i i've kind of had them similar together before but you bring up a good idea and thank you taylor for going the extra mile at Witten Farms near Memphis and, and letting us learn about salted pork green beans. The only the, the other state in the South featured in Season 3 of State Plate is Arkansas, and you go to the natural state and discover all kinds of goodies, including cheese dip. Now, why would cheese dip be a feature of Arkansas? Well, believe it or not, they claim to have invented cheese dip in Arkansas. <laughs> okay, that makes sense now. <laughs> And there's there's proof to that. So cheese dip um, is different from queso, which that is like the white cheese. Okay. But I guess when you have like a yellow cheese um, with chips and things like that, then it's called, it's cheese dip. And the very first place that that was ever made was at a restaurant in Arkansas. And so they have the, the world national grand champion uh, competition in Little Rock every year. It's like the cheese dip competition, and people come from all over the country and all over the world to compete uh, cheese dips. <laughs> I'm glad I asked the question. I had no idea. See, there's something. Yeah, so we- if you love cheese dip, go to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I'm sure just about everybody listening to this right now is in love with cheese dip, white or yellow. It's all good. Well, that's good news. Now, you have another feature from Arkansas, a corned beef sandwich. And I'm sorry, when I think of corned beef sandwich, I'm thinking of, like, New York City, not Arkansas. So what's the reasoning for this? Uh, yeah, great question. Um, so we went to a place in Hot Springs, um, the racetrack down there. Oh, yeah. And they call it's this, this sandwich, a corned beef sandwich. Um, it just got to be so popular there that they have it um every year they sell it for the original price which i think it was like 50 cents and so their opening day um they have opening race day but everybody really just comes for the corned beef where you can go get it for 50 cents wow and that's at oaklawn and that's called um oaklawn yeah so the oaklawn horse races and gaming they're in hot springs um just a lot of history there that people used to go to the hot springs um 
for for medical reasons. That that was before we have such advanced technology. People would go to the hot springs when they didn't feel good, mm-hmm. and then Oaklawn uh, was just a place that you could go and have fun and and bet on horse races or or play other games and things like that. And so it just became like a really popular place and they wanted just a signature food. And so they got some beef from Chicago and brought it down and then started making that corned beef sandwich. And it was just like a, a huge hit. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense because Hot Springs was sort of a hotbed for people from the north to come south for therapy and such. And getaway was where millionaires would come back a hundred years ago. So that's a, a great historic connection there with the corned beef sandwich in hot springs the last thing i want to talk to you about is a dessert from the natural state something called possum pie what in the world is possum pie <laughs> well um i'm i'm happy to say there is no possum oh man pie yeah it's it's not a meat dish but they call it possum pie because there's something hidden inside uh-huh. and so from the looks of the outside, you wouldn't know what's inside, and you have to you have to dig in to to see. Ah, and where did y'all go for that particular dessert selection? So we went to Old South Restaurant in Russellville, Arkansas. Oh, okay. In nor- Northwest Arkansas, historic diner. Yeah, yeah, and um, and that was great. They have they feature a possum pie there, and they're known for it. It's well, it's really good. Well. I am very envious, as I'm sure all the viewers of State Plate will be, with all the places you go to, the fun you have, and man, you've got a great gig. I thought I had a pretty good gig here at the Y'all Show, but Mary Beth, I believe you got me trumped here. <laughs> well, it's definitely been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And I will say, you know, tune in, and, and what I do love about this show is you're going to learn something, and it's... It's just great food. You're going to just enjoy it and have fun. And, you know, Taylor did do a great job, and we really got to go out there and get in the fields and meet the people and, and make the food. So it's uh, it's the real deal. It's a lot of fun. Again, State Plate on the INSP channel. They've got multiple states featured in Season 3, but the five southern states include South Carolina, West Virginia, Virginia, Tennessee, and Arkansas. And Mary Beth, if people aren't able to see it when it first premieres, as you said, usually around lunchtime during the weekdays, what is, do you know kind of if there's an on-demand option for viewers to be able to watch the show? I know you can record it. Okay. I know you can definitely record it. And then also um, they keep the reruns going too. Oh, okay. So you can just look and, and, that, and it'll be on reruns at different times. And sometimes they do like... Um, a marathon and things like that. Uh, so just check it out on 9SC and you'll find it there. All right. Mary Beth McClellan, thank you very much for your time and for your great series, State Plate on INSP. Thank you. Thank you, y'all. Oh, I like that. Well, that will conclude today's Y'all Show. Thank you so much. We've given you a full palette of great Southern content, especially talking about State Plate on INSP. We'll be back on the show tomorrow to tell you much about the South, so don't miss out. This is Y'all with your host, John Rawl. Hey there.
there. I'm a glue stick, so I have one job. I glue kids stuff. So sorry for being jealous of Geico, who does a ton more. Like give you 24-7 access to thousands of licensed agents. And Geico has been around for over 75 years and has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. While I've just got mediocre adhesive skills, Geico also has an award-winning mobile app. Uh-oh, arts and crafts time. No eating the glue stick. Miss Lydia! Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.